Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today, do we have a rock star episode for you today? We've got the author of the last law of attraction book you'll ever need, Andrew Cap, with us today. And am I excited to get into the meat and potatoes of this, buddy? Thanks for being here. Brad, thanks so much for having me, man. I am, I am really pumped to go wherever this conversation is going to take us. I know that uh, we're probably going to have a lot, of, a lot of fun, interesting roads that we're going to walk down on this one. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I'll look beyond the fact that you're a Yankees fan. And... <laughs> it's <laughs> no. like, I want to add that awkward tension. How do I do it? Uh, I'll just, I'll throw on a very polarizing logo and, you know, Brad will either love me or hate me on it. And then they'll just have to work through the whole interview that way. Perfect. <laughs> well, I've heard you talk about resistance. I'll just fight the resistance right now yeah. and make this work. No. Well, it's funny. We did have a quick conversation before this, you know, all love for Yankees or Red Sox just in terms of the players themselves. And, yeah. you know, really the funny thing is in our passion, it created such a wonderful rivalry all those years to really yeah. enjoy. It almost wouldn't have been the same if you really didn't hate the other team, you know, exactly. It's, it's kind of funny that way. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so much to talk about. One of the things that I, I read about you, uh, Jen, you, you said that you are looking, and I, and I noticed this in our pre-air conversations as well. You're really passionate. And when you listen to your videos, for all of our listeners, he has got a lot of great stuff on YouTube. Uh, you're passionate. You're always passionate. And you said that you want to have a genuine I hope I don't botch this, but you want to have a genuine and sustainable impact on people's lives. Yes. Where did that stem from? You know, I'll tell you something. I, I wish it could be like this thing where I'm this wise, insightful person and I've always known how to do the right thing. I, you know, <laughs> basically I've just, I've learned through trial and tribulation, through, you know, trial and error, that there's a certain way you want to carry yourself and in every single instance in my life where there's been that choice to give value or take value, giving value has, believe it or not, been the selfish thing to do. Because when you give value, you're, you're going to get something in return, but you're also just contributing to like, it sounds almost cliche, you're contributing to a better world around you. So you're, you're making everything that you're living in and everyone you're living in just better. Why wouldn't you go that way? Being selfless is in many ways, the most selfish thing you can do in a good way. Ah, gold. Absolutely. So true. I asked that because kind of like you, I'm just a, I'm a constant uh, learning more junkie. Like I love to add value to others. Selfishly, I add value to my own life. And I was reading uh, a separate article recently and it talked about uh, how we all have something broken inside our bucket or broken inside our top drawer. You know, we have something that's broken from some point. And it's important for us to acknowledge that because that's how we create and how we train ourselves with empathy. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I didn't know if there was a place of origin for your empathy because you clearly are an inside outside, inside out thinker. Uh, and I was thinking about myself as well. Uh, I don't know if my mind, I have, so I, I've, I've always been a fan of the underdog. I've, in you know dating back to shoot i mean i was the little kid on the playground that gave the teacher hugs at recess and then and uh in high school i was friends with the guy that was a wake and bait guy and i was friends with the guy that 
went on his LDS mission a month afterwards. And now I have a son on the autism spectrum. Hmm. So I've always kind of been a guy that, I don't know, I think my life experiences have brought on my empathy. Do you have anything like that? Do you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it, it comes down to, and first of all, thank you for the compliment. I take that as high praise. Anytime someone from the outside in says, hey, I, I can perceive your empathy, I think it's a really high compliment. And for anyone listening, it's usually, in my opinion, a sign that you're doing something right. Um, for, I mean, for me, I think it's just a situation of going through life and just making mistakes and being better. And like, I'm fortunate to say that I've never been <clears throat> a mean person. I've never been um, an insensitive person, but you know, we, we all have blind spots and we all lack awareness in certain ways. And yeah. for me, there've been times where I've hurt someone's feelings without even realizing it. And fortunately there've pe people in my life that have told me that of course corrected me. And I mean, the worst thing you can hear is you're doing is you're hurting somebody. So at least for me, anytime I've ever gotten that feedback in the past, mm -hmm. I've taken it to heart. I've paid right. close attention and I've just worked to be better. And I would hope now for me, a lot of things are just on autopilot, but I know there's always room to improve. So I'm always very focused and very um, attentive just to how things are playing out with people and making sure that I'm not stepping over lines without realizing it. Cause it just, you know, it, it helps in, in having better conversations and better connections with people. Right. Uh, is there a, is there a conversation that you can think of like right now that was a pivotal one for you in your ascension to where you're at right now? Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a conversation. I'd call, I'd call it an event. Um, believe it or not, they, in many ways, it was the inspiration for my book. See, like, so I'll, I'll give you the fast version um, just because we don't want to be here an hour. But I, I learned about law of attraction um, maybe 16 years ago. And, um, you know, I always had my successes and failures with it, regardless of whether you believe it or not. I, you know, I had ups and downs. <laughs> and, you know, 12 years ago, things roll around where I lost my business and a relationship all in the same week. Mm. And the event that happened was basically like my girlfriend at the time, she broke up over text after three years together. And um, that obviously was not fun, but in many ways I had it coming simply because I was not giving her um, enough attention to the relationship because I was so desperately trying to hold on to the business. Mm. So imagine like the, the ironic thing of, you know, finally saying, okay, I give up the business. Let's do this. And three days later, it's like, no, too late. I'm out. Right. And the thing about it is the reason there was a, a growth there was because that actually would kind of spurn me to say, you know what, I don't care about how or when or why I'm going to try this whole law of attraction thing on full tilt and just see what happens. And when I say full tilt, I don't mean do the crazy thing like all day, every day, mm -hmm. do law of attraction exercises. Right, right. I meant every day for five minutes. And the really cool thing, Brad, was like within two weeks, I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Within three months, I'm in a better new relationship. Now having learned about empathy a lot better, four months, within four months, I'm making way more money than I ever before in my life. And within six months, like everything's different. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up fulfilled and with a lot of gratitude. And I think that also bleeds in when you're fulfilled and happy in yourself, you're going to naturally treat people better and be more cognizant of how their experience is around you. Absolutely. Paying it forward. I can't tell you how many times just little things, uh, you know, it's those feelings that, you know, if you feel something, you tend to, uh, it sinks in, you can sustain that longer. It can, it's when you're uh, simply relying on thinking patterns as opposed to feeling patterns yes. uh, that you can get in trouble. Yeah. For, and for honestly, I prefer lessons to be soft and easy, but when they're harsh, if we can't control it, even though I prefer them not to be, I'm at least going to use it to my advantage. 
I'm at least going to say, well, if I'm going through this and I'm getting this harsh feedback, I might as well use it to the best that I can and learn the most I can because that's probably going to mitigate any future things like this specific event happening over and over again for me. Right. Amen. So you, I've heard you talk about vibrations, like the mm. vibrations of life. Can you paint a picture for us? Like, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Can you kind of simulate or uh, insert a real life scenario for us? What do you mean by vibrations of life? Yeah. So I believe it or not, I do have a real, a real life scenario before I get there, just in terms of vibration and some we're now we're going into like airy fairy world. So some people might not be on board with this, but for those that are into, you know, tangible three-dimensional life, and this is how it is. Um, it wouldn't surprise you, or maybe it will surprise you to know that if you look at yourself under a microscope, you're not actually physical. You're, you're vibrating. Like everything around us is vibrating at a certain frequency. We're, when you know a hard rock is vibrating at a denser lower frequency whereas air is a higher looser frequency so to speak and you know i really obviously i'm going in the direction and the the scope of law of attraction where since thoughts also have a frequency if you think certain thoughts about certain things you are going to invite that back in your experience and when i'm talking about like a real life example this is why i want to say you know for people that aren't on board which is fine i like to compare it to lifting weights to get muscles and let's be honest, that is a very oversimplified statement. You lift weights, you get muscles, but at least you know where I'm going with here, sure. right? Sure. So I want to give you, Brad, two possible explanations as to how that actually happens. Explanation number one is you lift weights and then you go to sleep. And while you're sleeping, the muscle fairy comes and gives you muscles. <laughs> Sound really plausible. Yeah. Uh, explanation number two, when you're lifting weights, you're putting so much stress on your body that the muscles are literally tearing and then your body heals itself by filling in those gaps with more muscle fiber which by the way, I probably butchered that, but I know that you understand athletics yeah. and you understand the science right. and where I'm going with that. Right. And I'm sure you and most people would probably say, well, of course, it's a second explanation. That's the right one. And my answer would be, well, actually, from my perspective, it doesn't matter. What does matter is you lift weights, you get muscles. You put in X, you get Y. And by that same token, you do gratitude exercises or visualization, whatever you call it, regardless of whether it's really law of attraction or not, Right. a real tangible result will emerge from it. And I'm not even the person telling you it's law of attraction. I'm just telling you, if you do it, something comes and you can't really argue with the results, which in and of themselves are tangible. Wow. That is awesome. Uh, and that is really good, man. There's so many different directions we could go with that. Do you think that, well, I've also heard you say that what pe other people think of you just kind of shifting gears here. What other people think of you? I believe this was you that said this, maybe maybe somewhere else I, I'd read a lot. What p other people think of you is not your business. I have said that. Yeah. That was you. Uh, I love that. I think it's fantastic. Can you kind of go into a little more depth on that? Yeah. And I'm glad you bring it up because here five minutes ago, I'm just saying, well, you got to pay attention when people are giving you feedback. Feedback is one thing where it's, it's constructive criticism and it could help you, but it's another thing to let that determine what you feel is right, whether you feel something's going on. And I think a lot of times we take actions and we do things when we're not even honoring ourselves and we're too worried about what other people might think when the, the funny sad truth is oftentimes they're not really thinking much of us. Maybe they'll think enough if they're um, you know, not too desirable people that they'll think enough to talk about you behind your back or to get annoyed in that moment, but then leave it alone. But for the most part, I, the reason I say that what people think of you isn't really in your business is because as long as you don't have any negative intent yourself, as long as you're not trying to hurt somebody, 
you really should be honoring who you are and your own life experience because it's kind of like the old, you know, airplane mask thing. When, when the masks drop, you've got to put the mask on you first. Otherwise, you're not even in a condition to put the mask on the person next to you. Right. And that goes down to don't let someone's perceived thought or what they might think of you prevent you from writing a book about the law of attraction because you think some old colleagues are going to think you're stupid or something right. like that. You know, it's so many different things. There's so many things that people want to do right now. They want to take a risk. They want to do something bold and they're not doing it because they're scared what someone else is going to think of them, even though that's not going to hurt that person. They're just scared about what they're going to think of them. Right. That's so good. Uh, I always talk about how you've got to give other people permission before uh, they have a competitive advantage on you. Mm. Is, is there a competitive advantage to what you have inside the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. Is there a competitive advantage that we don't know about that they could find inside of that? I mean, I believe so. And obviously I'm, I'm, I'm the authors be like, yeah, sure. sure. But, but yeah, to, I guess to put it this way, um, one of the, my favorite things from the book, and by the way, I'm, I'm happy to teach one of the techniques right here while, while we're recording. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite techniques that my favorite aspects of the book is it shows people how to instill gratitude into their day. And obviously a lot of people do it with the motivation or the end goal of getting a specific result. But the really cool thing about gratitude is let's say that nothing in my book works. Like you're not going to actually get the tangible result, even though I, I have just doing five minutes a day of gratitude in and of itself is a reward. Because if you do the research, you see that gratitude will lower stress, lower anxiety, improve sleep, improve confidence, improve self-esteem, meaning all these benefits that you get, even if you don't get the new car or the job promotion or whatever, or if it's not happening fast enough, just the process in and of itself is going to give you a competitive advantage in that you're going to enjoy more in your day. You're going to come from a much healthier perspective, especially if you start your day with it, if you have time to do that. And that's part of your personality. Um, to teach you, if I may, uh, a, quick, yeah. a quick method from the Let's book. Rock. Um, I call this the time-lapse method. And it's pretty simple. And again, by the way, I always try to, even though the book is really hard on law of attraction, I always try to explain something for non-book readers that leaves room that if you don't believe in law of attraction, it's okay. Because maybe you just believe in the reticular activating system or the subconscious mind's ability to really take the wheel and get things done for you. There's always, by hook or by crook, Sure. things are going to work out when you follow a certain process. Right. But um, the, the method basically is what you're going to do is you're going to, set, you're going to pick 15 things that you're grateful for. Five of them are from your past. Five of them are from your present. And five are things that you want in your future. And you're going to write them all down, but you're going to phrase them all in the present tense. Then what you're going to do is you're going to jumble up the list. Maybe the first thing is a past, and then there's a future, and then another future, then a present. It's all in a different order. And you're going to read through each one, one at a time. I'm so happy and grateful for this. I'm so happy for that. And you're going to give yourself 20 to 60 seconds to feel gratitude for each thing. And the trick of this is that basically two-thirds of that list has actually happened, and therefore your gratitude has a certain level of certainty and confidence and power to it. And because we can't downshift that fast, you're basically tricking your vibration or your subconscious mind into feeling that same level of gratitude and certainty for the future things. You're basically programming yourself, kind of like an Olympic athlete, to feel that you already have that, to have the gratitude for it. And it helps, again, improve your mood, boost things up, and hopefully bring that thing faster into your experience. But if nothing else, you had a really good time thinking about it. Amen. I think that's awesome. Yeah, your brain doesn't know, really know the difference between fiction and reality, does it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, getting back to Olympic athletes, that's why they mentally rehearse 
winning the gold medal and going through that event. They are instilling muscle memory on a much higher level. And I'd say, you know, if, if Olympic athletes do this, and if you see studies that, you know, military does this, if people are following this thread, again, whether or not law of attraction is a real thing, there's something about psychology. There's something about affirmations through your thought. There's something where putting in this kind of focus and effort and energy will yield a result that you're hopefully really going to be pleased with on the end of it. Amen. That's fantastic. So why do you think that, I mean, we got all these people that spend all this money on, you know, they spend money on the, the membership to the gym and they're all about sling and the iron and all this stuff, but hardly, well, not hardly anyone, but a far, far cry from that are the people that spend money on the six inches between their ears. Mm -hmm. Yet we have all these people with, you know, issues between the ears, whether it be depressed or just, you know, low self-esteem or just countless issues. Do you have a theory? I mean, why, why is it that people don't spend more money on the six inches between their ears and they're more about the, you know, being quadzilla and seeing how much they can squat? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have a theory about it and actually extends to this theory kind of bleeds into a lot of things, including people that don't work out consistently or people that won't do law of attraction exercises consistently or, or whatever it might be. And <clears throat> please forgive me because I'm not really using the medical terms here. I'm just using my own definitions, but I believe we have three minds. We've got the conscious and we've got the subconscious and right in the middle, we've got the ego, my, my definition of the ego. Yeah. Now the ego is stronger than the conscious mind, but the subconscious is stronger than everything. And the thing about the ego, as I define it, is it has only one job, and that's to keep you alive. And that means, Brad, right now, where you are in this moment, if you have money problems, if you have relationship problems, if you have health problems, all your ego knows in this moment right now is that you are alive. And the last thing it wants to do is experience a change that will possibly change the status quo and therefore possibly be a threat to your survival. Because for all your ego knows, if you want to be a movie star, for all it knows is getting rich and famous will mean that you get a stalker, threat right. to your survival. For all the ego knows is if you, if you win the lottery, family's gonna come out of the woodwork and try to take it away from you, threat to your survival. Your ego loves you and it's well-meaning and it's trying to help you out, but it's not interested in your satisfaction or your comfort or your fulfillment or your happiness. It's just interested in you being alive and right now you're alive. So going a, an extra step in answering another question, like how do we get around this? Mm -hmm. Well, this is where it goes to, you know, gratitude or visualization or whatever methods you might do. You've got to pick ones that you enjoy. If you're, if, you know, you got to do something in a way that you enjoy it because that way the ego can't talk you out of it. That way you do it. And through that process, you bypass the ego, go to the subconscious mind. And then all of a sudden that's the powerhouse operating a lot of things for you. Love it. Do you believe that one needs their ego to be successful? Well, I believe the ego is there no matter what. And it, it really become, it comes down to managing yourself within the confines of what the ego does. And by the way, you know, the cool thing is when you reach a new level, a new status in life, your ego is going to know that you're alive then. So all of a sudden it's going to fight tooth and nail to protect that also. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. It, so your ego's there. Uh, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're all, we're all in the game. It's just a matter of how well we're playing the game. Yeah. So it's, and how well we're playing ourselves. Yeah. How, how well we're, we're willing to look at ourselves and, and see basically the reason I believe I've been successful in this specifically is not because I'm better than anyone else, but because I've been so hyper obsessed and focused on 
figuring out the way I trick myself, my own little tricks, my own little outs. Yeah. I guarantee you Arnold Schwarzenegger, what he did better than anyone else back in the bodybuilding days is he figured out his own tricks that kept him from going to the gym. It's all about if you can finding ways that you know that you're getting in your own way and honoring that and finding solutions that take that into account because you don't want to, I mean, if you could steamroll yourself through fine, but since so many people have that difficulty, it's better to be strategic and find an intelligent way around the way that you're stopping yourself. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. So, uh, digging into your book a little bit, what are some way I call it cups full of freedom. What are some ways that people can build some cups full of freedom within the book? Mm. Like how can they create space for self-love or inside out thinking? How, what are some ways we can do that within the book? Yeah. I mean, for me, it, it all comes down to um, trying out the methods that are in the book. And my, my attitude is I, I try to give very clear, easy instructions, but I also leave room for you to tweak it. Meaning here's a way that it can work. But if you want to do five minutes instead of 10 minutes, you do that. If you want to choose this visualization instead of that, you do that. But it all like, obviously, like I focus on three things. I focus on gratitude. I focus on scripting, which is basically writing about your dream life as if it's already happening and standard visualization. I think if you just, even the gratitude part, if you just engage in gratitude every single day, that in and of itself will create that freedom for you. It'll create those benefits. And just to throw another um, method from the book real quick, I have a thing called the gratitude blitz. And all you do is you just shoot off as many things as you can off the top of your head that you're grateful for. And you can, you can make them themed. Do it about your body or do it about the friends in your life or do it about your job or just do it about whatever's in the room with you. Like this, like we're both on devices here. This device that I'm on right now, I have so much to be grateful for. It's letting me communicate with you. It's letting me reach your audience. It's what I write stuff, create content on. It's what I record YouTube videos. It is such a gift. Why wouldn't I be grateful for that? Just like my body, my fingers, my hands, my toes, my legs, my knees, my back, my brain, all my organs. I mean, just your heart alone. I think people need to stop and think your heart has been beating nonstop since the second you were born in service to you, sending nutrients to all your other organs in, in service to you. Like what a gift. Who could think about that and not be grateful? 100%. So you've, man, I love, I love your activities, man. Good nuggets. So you got these nuggets, you got these goals that you want people to set. What are some habits? Because we can all set goals and on paper, it all sounds great. But a lot of us have a hard time creating habits that'll allow us to accomplish those goals. Do you have any suggestions for our listeners out there on any habits that they could create or shape or form that allow them to stay on that positive train? Well, so believe it or not, here's probably where, where my um, counsel might divert from. I'm not sure if you'll agree with it um, or you might have different thoughts and people listening might have different perspective. I have a belief because I think some people look at law of attractions like, okay, you sit on a couch and you meditate and things happen. And I'm like, no, 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 you take action. But my attitude is you take inspired action, meaning I don't have the answer of what they can do right away, but I do believe that if they engage in visualizing things that they want and being grateful for things that they want, their brain, their own mind and the universe will do the work for them and they'll get a stroke of inspiration. They'll get the ideas of what they could and should do for themselves when they're just patient enough to kind of like go through the process and let those answers come to them. Love it. I agree. hundred uh, percent. 
you have something I've read. Uh, you have a, you want people to have a default memory or a default thought that kind of helps them stay on the positive train. Anytime things are going South, mm -hmm. you want to talk to us about that? Yeah. Well, this kind of comes back to, um, to, you know, being strategic. Like for me, this is all, I view this as a strategy. How can you be st strategically put yourself in a position to, be, position to be happy? And one of those things is, again, kind of remembering that since some of our thought patterns often default to the negative, we want to have something pre-planned in the positive, whether you're thinking about your best friend when you were, from your kid, when you were kids, um, thinking about, you know, your, your first love, thinking about something that's really going to get you in a good mood. All it is is strategy. And I think Everybody wants to feel joy. They want to feel happiness. And I agree. And I view joy and happiness as a, um, as a manifestation or as an outcome or result. Mm -hmm. But I also view joy and happiness as a strategy in and of itself. By choosing ways to feel good, you're inviting more good in. So joy simultaneously becomes a strategy for receiving more joy. It's a wonderful thing. Right. Super cool. Uh, at the time of this recording, Halloween's coming up. Mm. Uh, as a, what is your favorite Halloween costume you ever have worn? Oh man. So <laughs> it's actually really funny. My favorite, I, I went as my own Facebook profile, probably <laughs> like 12, probably 10 or 11 years ago when it was still cool to do that. And, um, I, it was my favorite because I designed it myself in Photoshop. I, I put in large things. I had a big poster board that I was walking around in and I just put a bunch of jokes and I left a really blank space and I attached a marker. And I was in um, Manhattan at the time. And basically people on the subway, I said, right on my wall, people would take the pen and just write their own fun little things. People gave me phone numbers. I had a slip with friend requests. I was getting emails. It was, it was best pickup costume ever. I'll put it that <laughs> way. But uh, the funny thing is, as soon as I exited the subway, it rained and it ruined the whole costume. Oh. So it was a very fleeting moment, but it was still so much fun, just the process of creating it. And it just inspired me for years to come about other costumes that I might do. It was just, it was a lot of fun for me. That's hilarious. Yeah. Nice. Um, you grew up in New York. Did you grow yes. up in a neighborhood that, I know that when I was trick-or-treating, man, it was, it was like a race. Like mm. I was sweating profusely when I was done because my friends and I, we were, I mean, it was a sprint from house to house. Um, was that kind of your climate or what were you like inner city? You were near the Bronx growing up, yeah. right? So I, I mean, I was, close, so there was, I was in the suburbs. So it was, okay. it was kind of like house to house. Okay. We, we didn't sprint. I mean, um, <laughs> It was so funny. We, we more like just paced ourselves, but I mean, and, and I'll, I'll date myself. I'm, I'm older than I look. I mean, I remember when they would be giving out like candy apples and stuff, yeah. like the fun stuff that we went house to house. Mm -hmm. I wasn't running. I was taking my time, but let me tell you, I was thorough in the neighborhood and I came <laughs> back with a lot of stuff when all was said and done. You didn't get cheated. No, not at all. Not That's at all. Funny. <laughs> cool beans. Uh, well, Hey man, uh, we've got, We've got just a, like a minute or so left. Uh, people that are going to check out the last law of attraction book they're ever going to need to read. What is your favorite nugget inside that thing? Your favorite nugget. You wrote this and you're writing it and your hair on your skin was raised up. This is, can you give us that? 
Yeah, I'll try to give the super fast version, which by the way, I did a version on my YouTube channel for this, but it's the idea of manifestational raindrops. And I'm sure everyone can relate to being outside when it's cloudy out and they feel a slight tingle on their skin. And then it's like nothing else. And then all of a sudden they see sprouts like on their clothes and all of a sudden they can feel it on their skin. And before you know it, torrential downpour. And basically the idea is the second you even felt the slightest hint of water on your skin, the storm was inevitable. And I think when good things happen, those are manifestational raindrops. When you wanna be a millionaire and you see a penny on the street, you wanna treat that as a, as a raindrop and you wanna be grateful because that's just the indicator that the universe really is, has it on the way. And the only thing that can get in the way is your own umbrella of resistance. If you're holding it away from you, that's fine, but the universe is gonna rain goodness on you. And that's like my favorite tidbit from the book because it's a wonderful reminder to be grateful for every little thing. This conversation is a raindrop for just more people finding out about my book and more people being introduced to what I hope is a better conversation. It's all raindrops, man. Love it. Man, I almost feel like I stole your answer for my last question for you. Uh, I always end with, but it is, that really is gold. I love it. I have seen that video. And nice. uh, for all of you out there, it is really good. Along with all of, your, all of your other video clips are awesome too. And they're all equally passionate and uh, easy to buy into. Totally. Uh, you got 30 to 45 seconds to talk to our listeners about how they can out-improve their previous best self. How can mm. they out-improve their previous best self? 30 to 45 seconds, rock. So it requires patience, but it, it means being forgiving of yourself and patient with yourself. If you engage in a simple gratitude process every single day, and you're simultaneously forgiving of yourself and the speed with which it's taking, ironically, your speed of progress will increase. Give yourself a break, give yourself permission to take your time, and all of a sudden you'll be shocked at how fast you really go. Man, he's the author of a number one bestseller. He's a man that's gonna help you manifest the life that you want. Thank you so much for being on here with us, buddy. I loved this conversation. Brad, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really, uh, first of all, I'm grateful to always tell people about the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read since it's the longest title ever. And um, <laughs> I really appreciate just being in front of your audience and hopefully giving them a different perspective on things. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for adding value to my life and uh, make it a great day, buddy. Thank you.